Hebrews chapter 13, verses 20 and 21 again. Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead, so you see why it's an Easter text, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, come in power to open this divine, inspired, magnificent word for your sheep and those who may now become living sheep through faith in Christ. Come in Jesus' mighty and infinitely worthy name, I pray. Amen. God intended from the foundation of the world that you and I and all people always be sheep in need of a shepherd. He intends that President Bush be sheep. Barack Obama, sheep. Hillary Clinton, sheep. John McCain, sheep. All the generals in the Army and the Navy and the Air Force and the Marines, sheep. All the business moguls who manage billions of dollars, sheep. He never intended that human beings would have a season of sheephood to be followed by something where they don't need a shepherd. They're not sheep-like anymore. He never intended there to be a time in eternity when you would outgrow sheepness. Those who are ready, willing to be happy as sheep, Hear the voice of the great shepherd. Follow him when they hear his voice. Trust in his sacrifice. Are sheep and always will be more than sheep. Children of the living God. Heirs together with Christ of the universe. Co-rulers with the King of Kings. Shining like the sun in the kingdom of their heavenly Father and the Bride of Christ. They will always be sheep and they will always be more than sheep. Never less, always more. Always sheep in need of a shepherd. No matter how glorious our destiny. Paul says, 
Don't you know you will judge angels? Bah, bah, bah. We will judge angels as sheep. We will never cease being sheep in need of a shepherd. When the Apostle Peter describes the homecoming to Christ of lost people, like some of you in this room right now, you're here and you strayed away and you're lost without a Savior. The way he described your homecoming, and may it be Easter weekend. This, this is 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. He himself, this is the Lord Jesus, bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Salvation is a homecoming to a shepherd of a soul. God designed human souls to need a shepherd. And lostness is the rebellion against that. And salvation is the rediscovery of that and the coming home to what Peter calls the shepherd of a soul. Your soul. You don't even know you have a soul, some of you. And I'm telling you, you got a soul. That's why you're human and not an animal. And your soul is designed for the great shepherd. Nobody else will do. And he has to be great. Because the human soul is great. Beyond words. It must have a great shepherd. And it was designed to be shepherded. Nobody ever outgrows their sheepness. They just, God willing, find a great shepherd. First Peter chapter 5, the time goes by, you've been found by the shepherd. You've come home to the shepherd of your souls. Your, your sheep soul is ba, 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 resting in green pastures of his care. And then he comes on the clouds. Listen to the way Peter describes it. Chapter 5, verse 4 of his letter, first letter. When the chief shepherd appears... You will receive the unfading crown of glory. When he comes, he's coming as a shepherd. A shepherd's crook isn't the only thing he'll have in his hand. He will come as king of kings. It will be written on his thigh. He will come as a warrior with a sword coming out of his mouth. He will come as a bridegroom and assemble his bride. 
He will come as God over all, blessed forever, amen, but He's coming as a shepherd because He designed human beings with souls that need a shepherd always and forever. And then the millennia roll by. He has come. The millennium passes by. New heavens and the new earth. And the thousands upon thousands of ages roll on and on and on and are described like this in Revelation 7. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun will not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. And he will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. The Lamb, the Lamb in the midst of the throne of the universe will be our shepherd forever. You'll never stop being a sheep. Get over it. Relax, sheep. You will always need a great shepherd. So, in view of all that, here's my four questions. A who question, a how question, a what question, and a why question. I always ask those questions of everything and everybody. Here's the who question. Who is my great shepherd? Here's the how question. How is it possible for him to be my shepherd today? He died and I'm a sinner deserving no shepherd. Here's the what question. What does it mean for him to be a shepherd in the 21st century to me? And here's the why question. Why did he set it up this way so that I never grow out of being a sheep? I'd like to be a horse. <laughs> or God. And I will never, ever cease being a sheep. Why not? What's the design? Because that's the outline of the sermon. So here we go. Question number one. Who is the great shepherd? Verse 20. Uh, the, by the way, the answer to all these questions come from these two verses. Okay? Insist on seeing them in these two verses. Not out of my head. In the verses. All right? All the answers to those four questions are in the verses that I read. Here we go. Who is it? Verse 20. Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep. Answer, simple, straightforward. The great shepherd is the Lord Jesus. That clear? The great shepherd is the Lord Jesus, risen from the dead so that he can be a shepherd today. Now, to capture the centrality of this truth that today...
Christ is your shepherd. What you need to see is how, from the beginning of redemptive history, God has ordained that his people be shepherded by human beings. In the Old Testament, the leaders were called shepherds. In the New Testament, they're called pastor, which simply means shepherd. Sometimes I'm afraid to open the newspaper for fear that another one has brought so much more shame upon the name of Jesus. The way the Bible works in this regard of humans being called to shepherd the people of God is that Christ is shown to be absolutely essential because of how badly humans do it. Some of you are sitting there absolutely and totally disillusioned by pastors, embezzlers, fornicators, abusers, manipulators. You don't want anything to do with pastors or the faith that they represent. You're sick up to here with shepherds who eat the sheep alive and fly in their jets while they feast off widows' mites. You've had it with the church and with all those shepherds. What I would like for you to consider is that God knows that and He's very angry. And his design is to direct your attention away from us to one great shepherd who will never embezzle, never fornicate, never lie, never deny the faith, never rip anybody off. And his name is Jesus. And one of the lessons you should learn from the newspaper and the YouTube is no man but one can shepherd my soul. Now to show you that he is angry about this, let me just read you some indictments from the Bible of shepherds. Okay, And I only chose a few and there are many. This is Jeremiah 23. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. You have scattered my flock and have driven them away and you have not attended to them. Here's Ezekiel's witness against the shepherds. Ezekiel 34. The weak you have not strengthened. The sick you have not healed. The injured you have not bound up. The strayed you have not brought back. The lost you have not sought. And with force and harshness you have ruled them. That's what God thinks of his shepherds. He's angry. Now, in the midst of this indictment, 
sprinkled through the Old Testament are some amazing shepherd promises. The one you're most familiar with probably is the Christmas one. Micah chapter 5. Oh, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, too small to be among the clans. From you shall come forth one to rule his people. And then he adds this. Micah chapter 5. He shall stand. He's talking about Jesus born in Bethlehem. He shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall dwell secure. And now he shall be great to the ends of the earth. That's the shepherd you need. You don't need me mainly. If I am faithful to him and I echo his word, I can be useful. But... Oh, don't bank on John Piper or any other pastor. We will, in the end, let you down. Just put a mic in the kitchen. Or, Isaiah 40, verse 11. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather his lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom, gently lead them with who are with young. Now Jesus, when he came publicly after John the Baptist, he knew exactly who he was. He knew these texts inside and out. He knew his mission and his appointment and therefore he said things like this, John 10, 14, I am the good shepherd. I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this fold. Thank God for that. It means we can be included. I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice. There will be one flock and one shepherd. One shepherd. Lots of sheep. One shepherd. He'll never let you down. He'll never let you down. He laid down his life for you. If you will have it, if you will receive the gift of his laying down his life for you and being your shepherd, that death guarantees that he will flawlessly care for you every day of your life forever. That's what that death guarantees. If you'll have it. If you spurn it and say, I don't like being a sheep. People are dumb. I'm out of here. I want to be somebody. Then you can pass it up. I don't want you to pass it. I want you to be willing to be a sheep, shepherded by the great shepherd, and I'm not he. That was question number one. Who is it that's going to shepherd us? One that will never, ever, ever fornicate, commit adultery, embezzle, Deny the faith. He won't ever let you down. Number two. How can he do this? How can he be my shepherd today? This is the 21st century. 
and he died, and I'm a sinner, and I don't deserve to be cared for every day of my life by the greatest shepherd who ever was. I don't deserve it, and he's dead. Okay, now the text again, verse 20, answers both of those questions of he's dead, and I don't deserve it. Verse 20, Hebrews 13, 20. Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, answer number one, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, answer number two. Even though he died, God raised him from the dead. That's why he's a living shepherd. No other religion in the history of the world can say this. Jesus Christ died for us and he rose to shepherd us forever. Christianity is the only one that offers you a living shepherd who loved you so much as to die for you. Only one. And you need it. And deep down inside, late at night, you know exactly that's what you need. I hope that you'll be honest with yourself. What about my undeserving? How does that work here in verse 20? Read it again slowly. Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead, there's the resurrection and his present living capacity to shepherd me, our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant. Now, I can see something you can't see. Sorry, I hate to do this. But in the Greek, I can tell what that modifies, and you can't because of the word order that isn't there in the English. By the blood of the eternal covenant modifies God brought him from the dead. I know that. Sorry. You look at it and you say, well, it could go either way. Could go back, could go forward. What can I say? It goes backward. So try it out at least. You've got to take my word for this. And if you don't like it, try to make it work the other way. It works the other way too. No heresy at stake here. Just glory. It says, God, the God of peace, brought again from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep by the blood of the eternal covenant, our Lord Jesus. That's the Greek word order. And you, the, the putting the our Lord Jesus at the end shows that the by the blood of the eternal covenant doesn't jump over that and go forward. It goes backward. So here's the meaning. Jesus Christ shed his blood and he called it something at the Lord's table, the Last Supper. Remember what he called it? This blood is the new covenant in my blood. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. So he's saying that when I shed my blood, I am purchasing, guaranteeing, and securing and obtaining all the promises of the new covenant. Like Jeremiah 31, 31 to 33, Ezekiel 37, Ezekiel 11, these magnificent promises, one of which was, I will forgive their sins. Which means... 
that since he shed his blood, the sins of all of his sheep were forgiven when he died. And God, who planned all this, watched that happen. And he was so absolutely thrilled with the achievement of his son, he raised him from the dead because of the blood of the covenant. That's the reason that modifying matters. He raised him from the dead by the blood of the eternal covenant. Meaning, the blood of the eternal covenant was so complete, so finished, so glorious, so wonderful, it is only fitting that Christ be vindicated out of the grave because of what he achieved on Good Friday. So, now we've got answers to the how question. First how question is, how can he shepherd me today? He died. Answer, God raised him from the dead. He's alive today. Oh, that he would manifest himself in some powerful way in this room so that it would be unmistakable. He's done that for me a couple of times this weekend. I won't tell you what they are, but they were sweet and remarkable. May he do it for you. And second, Piper does not deserve to be shepherded by the greatest shepherd that ever was. Maybe a shepherd 10,000 rungs down on a good day. And there aren't many. I don't deserve a shepherd. So how do I get one? The blood of the eternal covenant covers my sins and purchases the promise of transformation and preservation? That's the how question. Third, what? The what question. What will it mean to have a shepherd in the 21st century like this? What's it mean? Just talk? Just talk. Just kind of a nice metaphor to make people feel good. Religious mumbo jumbo here. We all go out and watch television. Reality stuff. No. This is reality. And the answer is in verse 21. And there are two answers to the, to the what question. Crystal clear. You can see them. Don't need any Greek here. Let's read the whole thing. And I'll point it out when we get there. Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus... The great shepherd of the sheep by the blood of the eternal covenant. Now here's the first thing it means for you. May he equip you with everything good that you may do his will. And here's the second one. Working in us that which is pleasing in his sight. And this next phrase is the one that shows that it's the shepherd who's doing it. It says the God of peace is doing it, and now we see how he's doing it, or through whom he's doing it. And the answer is through Jesus Christ. Okay, let's take those one at a time. First answer, he equips you. You got a shepherd? The great shepherd, he equips you with everything good that you may do his will. Now, let's make really clear what that doesn't say and doesn't mean. Your shepherd, Jesus, infinite in power, does not promise you 
that he will equip you with everything you need to be rich or famous or healthy or beautiful. What he says is, you will have everything you need to do my will. That's precious. It's not what the world wants. You've got to have your heart changed to want this, to be happy about this, to consider this good news. Like, you mean he won't ever ask me anything to do for which he does not make provision? No, he won't. That's what it says. He won't make you rich, necessarily. You might. It's not promised. He won't make you healthy, necessarily. The reason Chuck isn't going to Burma is up here leading with five gallstones in his belly. God healed Chuck. No promises that he won't have to have some kind of zap. God could do it. It's not part of the deal. But this is part of the deal. If you've got this shepherd, he will equip you with everything good to do his will. You may be absolutely confident there's nothing God asked me to do for which he won't give me the resources to do it. That's good news. You're called to go to Afghanistan, he's going with you. You're called to be single all your life, it's going to be abundant. Called to be in a hard marriage, that's going to be abundant. Called to suffer, lose your eyes like Ozzy did two weeks ago, totally blind now. Went to visit him the other day, full of faith, full of joy. Because he's got eyes inside. He can still see what really matters. That's promised. So there's number one. What will it mean for you to have a shepherd? It means he will equip you with everything good to do his will. If you love the will of God, that is glorious good news. Second, working in you that which is pleasing in his sight. Now what that adds is this. Equipping you with everything good sounds kind of external, and it probably is. Going to get what you need. You'll have the resources you need. But now, lest you think that the only thing he does for you is manage your circumstances, this says he's going in you. He's going in you where the real issues are, right? Working in you that which is pleasing in his sight. What's the most pleasing thing in his sight? Faith is the most pleasing thing in his sight. Whatever else this text means, it means that the blood of the eternal covenant bought your faith forever. And you will never lose it. I wonder if you believe that. I wonder if you feel that your security in Christ is bought by the blood of Jesus, 
Not in an automatic way. Like, I prayed my prayer when I was six. I can live like the devil now because I believe in eternal security. That's not what this text says. This text says that because of the blood of the eternal covenant, he raised him from the dead, and now he's working in you. He's not watching. Ooh, what if they're going to make it? He's working in you to do what pleases him. And what pleases him most is faith. Let me give you one magnificent supporting verse from the new covenant. Now, this is called the blood of the eternal covenant that Jesus shed to purchase this work in your heart. So it is as sure as the death of Jesus is sure. It is as guaranteed as his blood is valuable. Now, here's the, the supporting verse. It's one verse from Jeremiah 32, and it's verse 40, and I'll read it to you. Jeremiah 32, verse 40. I, this is God talking in the new covenant, I will make with them an everlasting covenant. So there's the term, eternal covenant. I will make with them an everlasting covenant that I will not turn away from doing good to them. Now that could correspond to the first meaning of shepherd-like I'm going to do good to them. I'm going to provide them with everything good that they may do my will. And then here comes the second promise in verse 40 of Jeremiah 32. And I will put the fear of me in their hearts, a holy, humble, reverent, trembling, joyful, hope-filled reverence for me. I'm putting in their heart. And then the best of all words, so that they may not turn from me. You won't turn from him. Sheep, hear his voice and follow him. To depart is to be a goat, not a sheep. He keeps his sheep. The Father gives them to me. Nobody plucks them out of my hand. So, what will it mean for you? If you're willing to come to Him and have Him as your shepherd who laid down His life for you, if you're willing to be sheep, sheep, sheep for the rest of eternity and have a great shepherd, what will it mean for you? Number one, it will mean that starting at that point where you believe, He will give you, He will equip you with everything good to do His will. You remember the word of Jesus, Matthew 6.33. A lot of people stumble over Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, will of God, His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And people say, i got lots of things that haven't been added to me. Like, poof, the stock market is bare. It's just awful. So my profits have not been added to me. Well, that's not what he means. He means just what this text means. Everything you need will be yours to do His righteousness, to seek His kingdom. That's the issue, including everything you need to die really well tonight. 
that okay? If it's your appointment to die tonight, guess what? It's going to show up and carry you in His arms and meet every need you have while you die for His glory, making Him look really good, like Paul said we should. It's no guarantee of health, wealth, and prosperity. It's a promise. I'll equip you, my sheep. I love my flock. I stride among my flock. I, I just give them all the grass they need. I give them all the water they need. And when it's time to die, I help them starve. Well, for my glory, treasuring me above grass. And the other one, he's not just going to stay outside and give you grass. We'll give you the grass you need. He's coming in. And he's coming in to preserve your faith mainly. He does other things in there, but mainly this guarantee we have in the new covenant. I will put the fear of me in your heart so that you will not turn from me. Last question. Why did he do it this way? Why did he so design it that we got to be sheep forever? Got to have a shepherd Forever. We don't trade places with Jesus. We just stay sheep forever. Why did he set it up that way? And the answer, see where I'm going? Are you with me in the verse? You're preaching this sermon to yourself before I get there. Last phrase of verse 21. Clear as day why. Namely, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Now again, we got an ambiguity here. Got to own it up. What does whom refer to? Jesus or God of peace? I don't know. I don't know. And I don't think it matters. Because when you think it through, it says, may the God of peace do all this through Jesus Christ. That's your shepherd. It's coming, coming to you through Jesus to whom? Now, which is it? The one who's doing it or the one who's doing it through? And the answer is, they both better get glory here. If you give glory to Jesus, He gives it to the Father. If you give glory to the Father, you're giving it through Jesus. You don't need to choose here. They're not competing for glory. When the Father goes up, Jesus goes up. Jesus goes up, the Father goes up. I don't feel constrained to know for sure which one's not included here. Probably neither. But now the question is, so that's why? I stay a sheep forever so that my shepherd gets the glory. Yes, that's why you stay a sheep forever. Glory, praise, Honor, admiration, esteem, wonder, these all belong to God and to our great shepherd, not to us. The glory of this great shepherding belongs to him, not to us. Sorry, you will never have the glory of shepherding Jesus, ever. 
that okay? You will only have the joy of being shepherded by the greatest person in the universe. I hope you're really happy about that. We get the care. He gets the tribute as the shepherd caregiver. We get the protection. He gets the honor as the great shepherd protector. We get the guidance. He gets the esteem as the shepherd guide. We get the provision. He gets the trust as the shepherd provider. We get the joy of being loved like this. And he gets the glory as the lover. Would you want it any other way? <laughs> God saved me from ever being called upon to shepherd you. That would be the end of my life and my joy. Let me be a little needy sheep always with this kind of prayer, this, this kind of care, this kind of protection, this kind of provision, this kind of love. Oh, let me be a sheep forever that I might spend eternity loving my shepherd, admiring my shepherd, living in the green pastures and still waters of my shepherd. Oh, yes, I don't want to switch places, and I hope you don't want to switch places. We have a living shepherd and we need a living shepherd. Our souls were created to be shepherded by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who was raised from the dead by the Father to equip you with everything you need to do His will and to work in you everything you need to stay true to Him. We have a great salvation. Let's pray. Across all of these campuses, one of the ways we try to make ourselves available for those of you who have any kind of question about your own salvation or your relationship to the Great Shepherd, we have um, boxes at all the doors at all the campuses, little response boxes. And if you want to write any note, name, phone number, email, please call me. I need to talk. We will try to do that next 24 hours or so after Lord's Day. Father in heaven, God of peace, thank you for raising Jesus from the dead as the great shepherd. And now we receive him. We renounce all anti-sheep mentality wants to break free from our dependent weak needy condition we want simply to be owned loved cared for by the king and the shepherd so do that among us I pray through Christ Amen